Hi, my name is Andrea Jansen, and I am on a mission to help people be ambitious at work every single day. That means you're fulfilled, you're productive, and you're contributing to your company. I'm a certified executive coach that has an MBA, a diversity consultant, a Forbes contributor, a business leader, a wife, and a mother of three. This podcast is about tackling hard topics like the gender gap in the workplace. It's about asking the questions that everybody's thinking about, but doesn't want to say out loud. Each episode is like the sweet spot between motivation and tactical strategies to get you ahead. We get out of our comfort zones and we take action. This is where we learn, grow, and create opportunities. Welcome to the Ambition Theory Podcast. has been an interesting year, full of setbacks and a ton of changes. For a lot of people, including myself, 2021 did not go as planned. On this episode, I'm talking to Leah Remmer and Christy Pound, who are sharing strategies that marathon runners use when things don't go according to plan at a race. We're talking about how to apply these strategies to your career. Leah and Christy are sharing strategies to pivot quickly when someone or something blocks your success. They're talking about why leveraging relationships is the key to getting what you want and how to apply an athlete's mindset to your career. Before we dive in, I wanted to let you know that we have some exciting things that we will be announcing this fall. So make sure you subscribe to our newsletter at ambitiontheory.ca so you don't miss out on anything. So hi, Leah and Christy. Thank you so much for coming on the Ambition Theory podcast. I have been wanting to share your story on (laughs) a platform for how long has it been? two years since um, I first heard about your adventures and Leah qualifying for the Boston Marathon. Um, But before we go down there, I want to introduce each of you. So I run with Leah and Christy twice a week. So every Tuesday and Thursday morning. And it started because I was I've always been a runner and I moved to Halifax about six years ago. And I had people to run with in Halifax, but I was always the fastest one. And we talk about this in our community a lot is like you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And I was always the fastest runner of the people I was running with and I needed to up my game. And a couple of years ago, Leah and I sat on a panel together and I learned that she ran and I said you know what sometimes if you need to up your average you kind of need to get out of your comfort zone you need to ask people and I asked Leah I said Leah could I come running with you one day and Leah said of course meet me at my house 6 a.m and I arrived I was welcomed and then I met Christy and this fabulous group of women that runs together twice a week and you guys thank you have upped my game I've gotten faster I've actually gotten a medal in a race before, and that never happened to me before I met the two of you. So I'm so honored today to have you on the podcast and tell this incredible story of resilience, negotiation, making dreams happen, getting knocked down and picking yourself up again. So first off, Leah, can you introduce yourself and just tell us about who you are and what you are all about? Oh, gosh. Wow. Well, thank you, Andrea, for that lovely introduction. And we love having you run with us, especially now that we can all run together again. And it's a great uh, outdoor activity to do that. So um, I'm Leah Rimmer. I uh, am a runner, but I also uh, have four kids uh, who are 12, 10, 8 and 6, I think right now. 
uh, almost 13, and uh, they take up most of my time. I'm also a partner with a firm here in Halifax called Boyne Clark. I practice corporate law, um, and I've been friends with Christy since our uh, time in undergrad at Acadia. We also went to law school together, so we've been through lots of adventures. Um, I, I believe really strongly in in balance and and incorporating physical activity into your life uh, especially if uh, you have a busy family life a busy professional that sort of thing I think it's it's very important so I'm thrilled to be able to talk to you today uh, and uh, be here with Christy and, and Andrea because um, I love talking about running Christy? amazing thank yeah. you so Christy introduce yourself and tell us what you're all about that's great. Thanks, Andrea. Uh, thank you for having us here. This is really exciting. Lee and I both love talking about running and we enjoy spending a lot of time together. So this is another one fun adventure that we're tackling uh, side by side. Uh, so I'm originally from Quebec and moved to Nova Scotia 25 years ago, which would have been when I met Leah at Acadia. And my husband and I chose to make Halifax home and, uh, and it's a wonderful place to, to live and work. Um, I'm also a lawyer. I'm a partner at Stuart McKelvey. Uh, with a practice in business law, and uh, I'm passionate about running and passionate about our community. And, and like Leah, I think that uh, whether it's running or whatever physical activity you're into, uh, making it a part of your everyday life, I think just you know adds so many positives uh, all over. So really exciting uh, to be a part of uh, this group today and to have a chance to chat about your questions. I know I hear from Andrea. Uh, about her business and the incredible work she does. So great to see it uh, live and upfront. Amazing. So Christy, I'm so curious where this desire to, because you're not just a runner, you are a marathon runner, you qualify for Boston, you're at the front of the pack, whenever I see you in a race, uh, where did this desire come from? Well, uh, I, I've, I've become obsessed, I'll, I'll admit in this, you've <laughs> judgment free zone, so it's gone to like full of obsession. I tend not to do a lot of things halfway, uh, for those of you who know me, so not not a huge surprise. Actually, Andrew, you, you probably don't even know this. This is the fun part. You're going to hear some stories today, too. It was actually Leah who really got me into long distance running. I had uh, actually, people who've known me for a long time, it's quite funny to them because I would say I'm not a runner. You know, I'd go to the gym and I played a lot as a team sport athlete. Uh, but I was not a runner. I ran a tiny bit at Acadia, was running at Dow like 30 minutes at a time for fitness. And I was actually out on a run on a Thursday evening in October. And I, I ran into Leah, literally ran into Leah on the street. We ran together a bit. And she said, oh, what are you doing on Sunday? And I said, you know, it's Thanksgiving, but, you know, our family's not here. Nothing. She's like, why don't you come with me to run the Valley Harvest Half Marathon? And I'm like, but Leah, I've never run more than 40 minutes. <laughs> like, doesn't matter. Great idea. Anyways, she was right. It was a great idea. And, and that was it. We but, were uh, younger then. Don't do that. Sorry yeah, to interrupt yeah. you, Christy. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> that, that was it. It was, it was like love at first sight with the distance running. And then, so that would have been October, uh, you know, December. I said, you know what? I, I'd like to run a marathon. And I was like, Leah, you know, do you want to run a marathon? She had run her first the, the previous spring. And she says, I don't. But, you know, a, a mutual friend, Maureen, wants to run a marathon. So that's that's Maureen and I trained together and ran our first marathon. Uh, it was like Leah was the, the Cupid in that relationship. And that was it. And so that was uh, 2003 and full addiction since then. Okay, so Leah, just for the non runners here, can you explain the significance of the Boston Marathon? And then tell me about where the goal for you came to qualify to do it? Right. Well, 
Thank you for asking that. I mean, Christy has actually run it, so she could probably tell you a little bit more about the ins and outs, but the kind of background is, you know, the Boston Marathon is one of the most famous marathons that uh, is around and you, you have to qualify for it. It's it's um, different than some other larger marathons where you put your name in, no matter what your time is, uh, there's a lot of that sort of thing. Um, you have to have a qualifying time. Uh, so there's some prestige around it. And um, it's not really something that I had ever considered myself. Um, I never really thought that I would be able to qualify for Boston. And my times previously had, had not been in that range. And I also took a very long time off from marathon running. I did half marathons, but full marathons, I hadn't done one in, in quite some time. Um, so I just sort of parked that goal. Uh, maybe something I could do when it, when I was older, because as you get older, the, the times are, are slower. It's, it's not as competitive. Um, but I, I was chatting with a friend and, you know, my daughter, I think maybe at the time was four, she's my youngest. And, uh, and I had been, you know, I, stayed serious about running throughout my pregnancies and after, um, and talking to a woman and heard her times and heard her story. And I had been in races with her before and we kind of finished around the same. And I thought, well, wait a second, you know, if she's doing this, maybe I could do this. And, and the thing is with being friends with Christy, um, is if you sort of just like open the door a little bit that you think you might be able to do something because she's the most amazing cheerleader friend coach in the world she just sort of ran with it so I just sort of said hey I, I may want to do this and I feel like two days later there was a full running program from uh Lee from the Road Hammers which is the club that we run with uh in my inbox I kind of did nothing except for run so she organized me which is really what happened so yeah Okay. I love it. So you got that. So Christy got all on board. Coach Christy came up with the plan. You followed the plan. I remember I was on some of those runs with you, not the long ones, some of the shorter ones and yeah. things were going really well. I remember Christy tracking and be like, Christy was like the, almost the sports commentator on the side. Like she's on track, the training is going well And our whole running group. It's almost like it was a shared goal, right? It wasn't just Leah running. We were like, Oh, <laughs> This is what like a group achievement. It was, I was really, I remember just being so excited about it. And then you were set to do this qualifying race. Um, it was in Nova Scotia and it was 2019. That was the year, right? Yeah. And it was September, I believe. And I don't know if anybody remembers Hurricane Dorian in September. It was a big, massive hurricane. And I remember, I think it was Friday, um, Tell me what that felt like, Leah, because I do remember you saying, oh, the race I signed up for is canceled because they're anticipating this hurricane coming from. And what I know about marathon training is like you plan for that day. It's not like you could really do it the week after because you have to taper down. You got to eat. You got to rest. You got to do all this training. And it's very important that you work towards that day. And your day got canceled because of the weather. What did that feel like, Leah? Yeah, well, I mean, it was a little bit stressful because not only, you know, the day was important and we were training towards that day, but it's also, you know, I wanted to run the Boston Marathon the, the following April and be caught, which didn't even happen because of COVID, but that's a whole other story. Um, but uh, it was the last day that you could qualify. Um, so I, I wasn't like I could get another week the next week. You know, I had to have this race in this this week because I and my and my um because I sort of had this idea 
later in the game in 2019, um, I really didn't have a whole lot of time to, to train. So I, I really like, I pushed it to the last minute. So in any event, uh, Christy was really, again, following the weather and, and saying, you know, this might be canceled. And I tend to be sort of like, oh no, that's not just not going to happen. Like, what are you talking about? They're not going to cancel the race. And eventually it does get canceled, but she'd been, um, kind of looking around at different places where you could go, um, perhaps like driving to Quebec, which some people around here did, um, cause the race was going to be in Cape Breton. Uh, so it wasn't just that we could pick somewhere else in Nova Scotia. The weather was everywhere. Um, and the, you know, the other part of it was my kids were going back to school. Like it's the first week of September. It's not really an easy time to sort of just leave. Um, thank goodness it was before COVID because we did find a race in Boston, which I think Chrissy could probably tell you the story better than I could, because I, how she pulled this off, uh, I have no idea. Um, so I don't know, Andrea, if maybe you want to, yes. to tell that part of the story because she's kind of a magician because um, we were running out of options and uh, I really didn't want to miss my kids um, picking my kids up from the first day of school. And so there was sort of some time limits around when we could go. So I don't know, Chrissy, how, how'd yes. you work your magic? So I think it was, it would have been that week. And I'm, you know, as I said earlier, I'm kind of all in on things. I'm all in on weather. And so obsessed on weather. So I've been tracking this storm, <laughs> kind of post and, you know, uh, very mindful of its potential impact on the race. And so I think it was a Wednesday. It was either the Wednesday or the Thursday. So the race was going to be Sunday morning. I also wanted to make sure that, you know, this race is not about me. It was about Leah. So I was like, Leah, do you want to run a marathon on Sunday? Like, shall I find a, some, you know, shall I find one? And you were like, yes. You know, as long as I got to be at, you know, something on Friday and I've got to be at school pickup on Monday, you know, drop off Monday morning. So this is the limited, you know, parameters. And so I did a lot of Google research um, and found that we found this race called the Charles River Marathon in, in Boston. We also were registered for Ramuski, just in case, <laughs> a little backup plan to go to Ramuski to that. Um, bit impressive. Either. And you know, it, it all came together. We, uh, so I found this race, but it was sold out online. And I was like, you know, that is not going to stop this. Leah has put her heart and soul into this 11 week marathon training program. It's a lot of sacrifice, especially with four kids and a job, uh, you know, to make that time for yourself, to give yourself that time for the training and a lot of hard work, a lot of hot runs. Uh, I was like, you know, we've got to make this happen. So I emailed them and I thought, you know what, I just need to tell the story, you know, my, my best friend's been training for a marathon and, you know, she wants to qualify for Boston. I think she can do it. Um, you know, and we've got this hurricane coming. And then I also saw that it was, it was like a controlled course. This, this, it's a small marathon to start off with. And the idea is that it is for people to qualify for Boston. So, you know, you did, you know, this 2.6 mile loop course, you know, um, there 10 times and, they had pacers. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to try and sweeten this deal and not just the appeal of this, you know, hardworking woman from Nova Scotia. But I said, I'm happy to pace. I'll come in. And I thought, you know what, if I can help solve one of their problems, if they're missing pacers, that will, uh, you know, increase our chances. And I tell you, we got an email, I got an email back and I don't know if I've ever been so excited to read an email. And, and they said, you know, you're in, that's it. And, and one thing about Leah and I is uh, we share a lot of traits and one of them is we're decisive. And yeah. <laughs> so, yeah so Leah's husband had a hotel room. He travels for work a lot on points. Like, 
basically once we got the email within 15 minutes, we had flights booked, hotel booked, and that was it. We're good to go. So I want to know, Christy, is this because you're a lawyer that your brain thought this way? You're like, okay, I'm going to share this motivation, motivating story about Leah. And then I'm going to sweeten the deal with the fact that I can be this pacer for the race that they need it. Does your brain automatically work that way? Or did you have to like pause and really think about the strategy on this? No, it it was really automatic. And I think that's, you know, that's a big part of, of what we do, right? It's solving people's problems and you know, negotiating a bit of give and take. And, you know, if you start in a good neutral spot, you're likely to get what you want. Cause it's really like, like the what's in it for them. It's literally like within not even a second, you knew right away what's in it for them. And you positioned your email exactly. So that's a win for everybody. I just, I think that's the magical part of the story. And I love that it just happened. Like you didn't have to think about it. You didn't get help on it. It just came out that way. I think that's your gift. Um, and it was just so magical to watch this, un- watch this story unfold. Um, so the plan. So Leah, you went there. I remember getting text updates, video updates. Everything was going well. Leah, tell me about what it was like to get the time you set up to get. Yeah, well, I mean, the whole thing was a little bit amazing. First of all, I have to go back to Christy. Like, in terms of talking her way into doing this pacer, like, she has her six-star marathon, uh, whatever, medal, I don't even know what you call it. It's something for people who have run all the six major marathons. So, like, basically, she has credibility in terms of her running. So, the the other part that was kind of interesting was, I mean, there was a hurricane coming up the entire East Coast, and we were going to Boston. And so, they started canceling flights. (laughs) and so we were basically escaping from uh Nova Scotia and we I think Christine we got the last flight out like they were all red everything was red after this flight so it was just sort of one of those things where you're like is this really happening like this is insane my husband I love my husband I've left the four kids the world's kind of ending um but I felt really ready like I I it was one of those things where you like don't know I I had really talked myself I thought my marathon days were done for you know for the foreseeable future and I really talked myself out of it and then every week I just kept committing to it and then realizing oh wait I'm doing this um and I'm hitting these times and um which are you know 25 minutes that my qualifying time was about 25 minutes less than what I'd ever run before I think in a marathon um and so and it was you know 15 years later uh, yeah, so we just we just got there and we got off and we're in the we're not downtown Boston like this race is like random place. Um, we found a Target like we just kind of walked around. We watched uh, what was the tennis match, Christy? Oh, Bianca won the U.S. Open. Yeah, we were really yeah. pumped up. Yeah, because no one had power, and so we were able to watch it and tell everyone back home. Um, so yeah, so we just you know, honestly, like it was just the two of us. There was nobody else there. We just, we just prepared. We, we went out for dinner. We, we talked to people. Our running group had all made, um, this is, I get emotional. I talk about this story. Um, they'd all read like made cards and stuff, uh, and all their kids. And it was just like, it was one of those things where I didn't feel, um, like it was just my dream. Like it was really, um, you know, we had friends trying to find flights for us. Like, it was one of those things where I don't think I've ever in my life like felt so supported by my community and by by people. And it's like it's very emotional for me to reflect on that because to have so many people um, share in your dream is like I don't think there's anything really more amazing than that. So, yeah. 
It wasn't Whoa, easy. I haven't talked about this in a while. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I'm getting chills because I'm remembering that moment. Like I remember, like we didn't have power and we would, you kept, you kept sending us these videos and texts and cheers. And it was like, when we heard that you did qualify and you reached the time, it was like, we were all celebrating. Like, it was like you said, it's like, we all reached our goal. It wasn't just Leah's goal. It was everybody's goal. Yeah. Well, I couldn't have done it without her. She paced me for about what, 25 kilometers. And I think at some point I was like, I, I can't do this anymore. First of all, it's 10 loops. It's super boring. Um, and, uh, but awesome. And, uh, I just, you know, she, she was, Chrissy was amazing. And then there was another uh, gentleman, uh, who, who stepped in and, and really like I had my own pacer till the end, which was terrific. Um, and then I think Chrissy was getting a little worried about me at the end. She didn't think I was going to make it. So she, uh, I, I think she was pretty relieved when she saw me coming around the corner. Uh, would you say, Christy? I, I was. It was, uh, it, it was really incredible. And I think, Leah, it's probably the only time, and I had, like, I knew exactly what every loop, what time it should be. I knew, you know, kind of uh, statistically rarely I had to be at kind of every single point in the race to achieve this goal. And there's not a lot of room for error. And, yep. and she was, you know, we were bang on loop after loop on pace. Leah's going to pause. Been around like 20 kilometers, which isn't the time to get down on yourself. You usually are a bit far along. Leah says, I don't know if I could do this. It's the only time I think in our friendship I've been. You yelled at me. Now yeah. is not the time. You do not give up on yourself right now. Leah was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was some yelling, but it was good. Yeah. It was good. And it was just, yeah, it was, it was, it was wonderful. And, and, uh, the whole experience was wonderful. The, the story part of it was wonderful. Um, the beer at the finish line was wonderful. Like it was just, it was just, it was, and then we got back on the plane like that day. So we had to sit on a plane, uh, which is not comfortable. Don't ever do that on one of those tiny little Boston to Halifax planes after you run a race like that. But, you know, we didn't have time to hang out. We had to get home and then we got home and there was no power. And there was no hot water, and my a kids tree, were there. A tree fell on my house. <laughs> it was just like, oh yeah, Christy had the tree. Yeah, so it was it was an adventure, that's for sure. It was an amazing adventure. But then I remember getting some news, and yeah. it was like some really actually not great news a couple of weeks ago. Tell me about that. Oh, a couple of weeks after. So I don't even know, Christy, what the timeline is. But so basically, what happened like that was the last qualifying weekend and they we were feeling how it works um is that you know for your age group which I would have been the in the 40 to 44 age group um you have a time that you have to be uh, at or under uh and mine was 340 um for the marathon and how it works is obviously they they need to control the number of people in the race. They they can only have, they can only hold so many people. So if too many people qualify, they need to start going to the fastest people. And they had thought they'd remedied this because the, the race prior, the qualifying time had actually been 345 and they, and so many people who qualified and had their moment didn't get in that they lowered the qualifying time to 340. Um, so we were kind of feeling like I didn't have to be too far under because there'd already been this buffer. So we uh, applied and um, there was another friend of ours, uh, uh, Emily lives in Vancouver, dear friend of mine, 
Uh, I've also run a marathon with her. She was, she'd done the same thing. So the idea was that Chrissy and Emily and I were going to run Boston together. Uh, And her time would have been, she was maybe like 20 seconds under, like faster than me in her race. So we were pretty similar. Um, And you qualify and then you get this day where they tell you um, if you're in or not. And I think I missed it by like 30, what did it, I don't even know, Christy, what was it? 20, 28 38, seconds, 38, 38, 38 seconds. seconds. Yeah. So I had to be, I was like a minute 38 under and I need to be a minute under whatever it was. And she, Emily got in like by six seconds. So that's the difference. Like we were within the same minute of finishing. Um, so, and you get a, it's just an email. You just get an email and I just kind of looking at it and I was like, oh my God, like I didn't, I don't get to do this. Like I qualified, I got the time, but this is not happening for me. Um, and I just sort of sat with that for a minute. And I mean, the people who knew that that was the day that I was like Christy and, and some of my other friends, um, and you know, Emily felt terrible as well. But I just sort of sat with it and I was like, you know what, like, that doesn't matter. It's kind of one of those things where, like, I did it, I accomplished it. And I was under 340, I was 338, whatever I was. Um, And what else, like, the fact that I don't get to run Boston really has more to do with how everybody else did, did change my time. So if, if a whole bunch of people had been slower than me, and I had gotten in, it wouldn't have changed my race, it wouldn't change my time, it wouldn't change my experience. So I think for me, the way I felt about it was, like, this is really not a pity party, like, A, I don't have to train for another marathon right now. So that's okay. Um, But B, like, it, it really, and I was surprised myself, because that I don't think that is the way I would have anticipated that I would have reacted to something like that. And maybe I uh, have experienced some growth in my life because I think I would have been really disappointed or wondered like why me or you know how can this happen or like oh my gosh couldn't I have like pulled out those extra 30 seconds which people do that but you read the stories online and there's people who have been trying to qualify for like years and years and years like 10 dozens of times and and haven't been able to do that so I just sort of I was able to sit with it and and not be disappointed which did surprise me oddly yeah Christy, you were more story. upset than me. You were more upset than me. Yeah, I, I, I really was. But I, I think because uh, I think for me, because I, I, I did get in myself, which, you know, uh, but it was so bittersweet because we were supposed to go together. And I really felt that you weren't going to have that opportunity. In, in hindsight, none of us have had that opportunity. Uh, but at the time, we, we didn't know the global impending global pandemic. Um, you know, so it was really bittersweet. And, you know, there's that whole disjointed thing between qualifying and, and actually getting to run. But I, I think now in, in hindsight, when I think what I'm, I'm most proud is, you know, and I, I don't know if I would have handled it with the same grace that you did, is really being able to separate what was the goal and the fact that you achieved that goal. And, and the fact that the, the you know, the, the numbers of, you know, strangers applying made it such that you weren't able to go, that that didn't detract from the fact that you achieved your own goal. And I think that is an important thing. And I think you're right. I think, you know, years before, I think that would have been a much harder thing uh, to have that realization. So I, you know, I'm very proud of you for that, but at the time it was, it was exceptionally bittersweet. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But, you know, it just, excuse me. Um, I think it's one of those things in life that you like, it's a really good lesson and just not, you can't control 
outcomes sometimes. Like you can, like I did everything that I could. I, you know, um, <laughs> trained as much as I could within the scope of my life and, and, you know, ran as hard as I could and got this time. But the rest of it is just, you know, it, it it's not to be controlled. So I think that is a, that's a good lesson. Uh, and that's what I took away from it. I love this. Okay. So both of you are corporate lawyers. You're both partners. So you've kind of like have very successful careers. I'm so curious about the thing. Cause you talked a lot about personal growth, about mindset, measuring goals. What from what aspects of this athlete's mindset have helped you be successful in your careers? Can you talk about that, Christy? Sure. And I think, you know, you know, really taking the words right of Leo's, Leo's mouth, but, you know, I think there's three things when I think about, you know, kind of the athlete's mindset and really the distance runner's mindset um, to, you know, to the, the practice of law or really any profession. And I think it is, you know, you, you control what you can and then you plan for what you can't control. So that's something I think about running and I think it relates very well to, you know, to professional life. Um, I'm a strong believer in consistency you know, you do, you do the same things all the time. And, and whether it's, you know, you're running, you're just consistent week in, week out, or you're, you know, in your life, you answer your emails, you respectful if you're calling, you know, it's just, it all those, those small things add up. And there's a, um, an, an elite uh, US uh, Olympic marathon or Boston marathon winner, Desiree Linden. And she's got a phrase that just resonates with me. And, and she won the Boston marathon in, in horrific conditions when you're rain and everything. And She'd even stopped like to have her friend go to the bathroom. Like it's an unbelievable story. Gave someone a water bottle. She wasn't planning on going out to win that day, but it was her day. And her motto is you just keep showing up. And I think that relates, you know, and, and what she meant is I'm putting in the work for years. One day it's going to be my turn. And I, I think that applies so well to life. And you just, you just keep showing up every day. You, you're out there consistently doing your best and, and you'll have your day. I love that. Leah, how about you? Do you have anything to add? Yeah, I think what I've learned, like from this journey in particular, and just as sort of my journey with running and as an athlete and sort of evolution as a person and, and a business person um, is really like, you really have to care more about what is happening in here than what is happening out there. Because you don't know what is going on with other people and you don't know why they may be reacting a certain way to you. And, you know, sometimes depending on what business you're in, you know, you have interactions with clients or, or folks that you're just like, what, like, what, like, why are you being like that? Or what have I done? And it's so hard sometimes, right? Because you can try to do everything perfectly or to the best of your abilities. And there's just going to be situations that you just can't control. And um, no matter what you do, no matter if you do your best, uh, you know, we live in a world where we're dealing with other people and, and other situations. And I think that for me, this experience in particular really, really taught me that, like, you know, it's a real superpower in life uh, to feel like you've won, like, on your own terms, not based on other people's uh, assessment of, of what that is. And I think that that's not something that I would have said that I always have felt or, or, you know, something I've carried with me. And so I think for me, what, whatever your journey is, like whatever goal it is, you know, it doesn't have to be running. I know lots of people, lots of important people in my life who are great athletes. They don't like running. Um, but whatever it is that you sort of find that you can sort of push yourself and challenge yourself and get out of your comfort zone. Um, I think it can help you in those situations where, you know, you, you just have to think about, okay, I've won. It doesn't matter what 
how this person is reacting. That's what I, yeah, answers your question. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a question about the past year and a half. So it's been a very difficult year and I, for a lot of people, uh, and I think it's really this idea that we're, it feels like Jody and I, my business partner had a conversation about this a couple of weeks ago. It feels like we're running a marathon and they keep extending the finish line, right? It's just like, okay, things are going to go back to normal. No, 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 they're not. Not yet. And then there's all these blocks coming up. So I'd love to know from both of you, what strategies you've been using over the past year and a half to really like overcome these blocks? Cause it just seems like there's block after block after block. So Christy, can you go first? Uh, thanks, Andrew. So I, I think for, for me and for, uh, for us, it's, um, you know, my husband, and I talk about this a lot, quite a bit. He owns his own business. And, uh, you know, first of all, I think it's gratitude for realizing how fortunate we are as much as we, some things which are inconveniences in the grand scheme of the world, we are exceptionally fortunate to be weathering the pandemic where we are and in the circumstances we are. But it's really that kind of control what you can and and plan for what you can. And, you know, so, uh, you know, for me, controlling what I can is I get COVID tests twice a week. And I was doing that when I was not even leaving our house. It's just what I can do, right? It's my own way to kind of control what you can. So I think for me, it's, you know, and that's a parallel, you know, as I said, about kind of running and work, but it's really recognizing that there's so much right now and really at all times outside of your control. So you just want to kind of work with what you can, not worry about the things you can't control, but plan around them. That's how we've, uh, we've managed. I love that idea of planning. Sometimes we forget that it is possible to plan. Sometimes we forget, like even just in your instinct for you, it's been a motto. So I think it was like, you're like, there's a hurricane coming. Of course, I'm going to research other marathons, but a lot of people would go into victim mentality right away, right? Like, oh, poor me, or you wait, are they going to cancel? Are they not? So I love that idea of plan, plan, plan what you can't control, plan what you can't control. And just remember that that is a superpower that you can draw from at any moment. So thank you for that, Christy. How about you, Leah? Oh, the pandemic. Oh, virtual school. I have so much to say. Um, no, um, for me, like, I think it, it, to draw the parallels somewhat between running and, and it's, it's all about grace to me, this pandemic. And, um, you know, with having four kids and the ages that they are and having, um, you know, my husband and I both work and we're working from home and, you know, during the two lockdowns that we had here in Nova Scotia, we were trying to do virtual school. I don't know how well we did, but uh, they're all they're all still living, um, so that's good. But I I think you know there were times where my running took a backseat or the scheduled running. Not that I didn't get out; like I try to get out with the dog, you know, and do five k or do whatever. But the actual like training aspect or following a plan or rigorous like you know hour and a half, two hour runs, that kind of thing, um, that really just hasn't being something I've been able to consistently do during this period of time. And there has been moments where I have felt like I, that is me failing. And I'm I'm sure we've all had that feeling for whatever reason during the pandemic. And I think it's just so important to just continually remind ourselves like what um, exceptional times these are and that we, we just to expect ourselves to, you know, hold ourselves to the same standards when, when those standards were already potentially difficult and someone's throwing a pandemic in your face and, and you're, you're having to pivot, whatever that looks like. Um, I just think that it, 
it's such a good lesson because there's going to be other moments in my life. I'm certain, you know, whether or not, you know, if something happens as my parents age or potentially, you know, there's, there's illness with other family members, God willing, you know, that doesn't happen, but there's stuff that happens that maybe I'll get hurt. Like, so I, I just think that if you can, you know, allow yourself that feeling of, of being disappointed and, and that's okay. Right. Is, is that's what I'm saying? Like grace with yourself, grace with others and saying, you know what, this, this time, this sucks it, and this too shall pass and keep reminding yourself of it. But I also think like, I've really tried to focus on, on being grateful, but I also think it's important for people to, you know, in the pandemic also say, you know what it like, I have all these great things in my life, but this does suck. Like right now, this moment in time is not good. Um, and then just get out of it, right? Like, and and sometimes that's like that with running too. I mean, you know, like it's it's what like when Christy was yelling at me at kilometer twenty, whatever that was. Like, you know, that it was because she just had to pop me out of that moment. And sometimes you need people to do that. So, yeah, those are my thoughts on the pandemic. Okay. I love that. All right. So we always encourage people to take action within 24 hours after learning something new. So I want the two of you, you can each give something. So of all the tips that you should have, all the things that we talked about today, what is something that someone can do either today or tomorrow to start applying it in their lives? Leah, you go first. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I, you know what, I think that this journey and this conversation and this podcast, it's more than just about physical fitness and running and, and your health and that sort of thing. Um, I would encourage anybody who um, has maybe been interested in a, in a physical fitness health journey to maybe explore that a little bit. Um, and definitely not, uh, you don't need to set a goal of marathons, half marathons, races, there's no races right now anyways. Um, but like 10 Ks, that kind of thing. But just if you're looking to explore that in your life, um, maybe make a, a commitment to yourself, um, for even like the next week for 20 minutes a day to get out and like be with nature and be outside and move your body and, and find, um, how you think that affects you. Uh, I think I would, I would, you know, there's days I don't feel like running, but if I get out with the dog and I come back, I feel so much better about everything. Um, so I, I sort of preach that a lot. In my I love life. it. Start yeah. moving. That's a great action. Yeah. Christy, do you have yeah. an action that people can use, can take to work? Um, something with mindset? Uh, sure. Because I do, I do echo Leah's comments, but I won't repeat them. But I think something, I think about a quote, I have it written on my board at work and it says, uh, you haven't come this far to only come this far. And so that to me is I think about like Desmond and just keep showing up. Like you just want to keep working and whether it's uh, I, I think about that all the time. I think about it running, but I, I think about it as, you know, my, my career and my life. Like you didn't come this far and work this hard to only come this far. So to keep consistently putting that effort in and great things will happen. Hi there. Before you go, I was wondering if I could ask you a huge favor. Can you click on iTunes and give the podcast a five-star review and also a comment? This would mean the world to me. It also helps us to spread the word about the podcast and attract higher profile guests. We want to be able to deliver thought leadership around diversity and inclusion 
every single week and having more reviews on iTunes will help us to do that and help us to keep the show going for free for you. So please head to iTunes right now, give us a five-star review and leave us a comment. Thanks so much. 